This is a Federal News Network podcast. A provision proposed for the 2021 National Defense Authorization Bill would undo a 2018 law having to do with when departing defense officials can support lobbying and not just lobby their former agency. My next guest says this would gut ethics reforms the Pentagon has barely gotten into enacting. From the Project on Government Oversight, military affairs analyst Mandy Smithberger. Mandy, good to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. So you've looked at this proposal that would not apply to lobbyists per se, but people that do influence in other ways. Tell us about the provision, and then we'll get into what the problems with it might be. Absolutely. So I think first it's important to understand what reforms were put in place in the fiscal year 2018 defense authorization bill by Senator McCain. So his provisions addressed a number of loopholes in current lobbying restrictions. One was the loophole that you were only restricted for one or two years, depending on how senior you were, from lobbying people who were in your office or service, but that you could still lobby others in the Pentagon that you might have relationships with. The other significant loophole that he addressed is that a lot of lobbying and representational restrictions don't address what is called, quote unquote, behind the scenes work. So unfortunately, the side effect of previous lobbying reforms is that a lot of people have just chosen not to register as a lobbyist. And so it doesn't cover things like strategic consulting and a lot of things that most of us would consider to be lobbying activity. And as a consequence, you know, people can become a lobbyist almost as soon as they leave government service. That is to say they could call themselves, say, a business development person, for example. Precisely. And so what the Department of Defense is proposing to do is, one, they want to revert back so that it's it's less restrictive as to who people can go back and lobby for. And the other thing they would like to do is that they would like to go back to that narrower definition of what actually counts as lobbying activities. And so we think that this is going to, particularly at a time where the defense budget is as large as it is, when there are concerns about not enough competition, that this is going to lead to more cronyism, that this is going to be destructive to the integrity of how the Pentagon conducts its business. And let's go back to the 2018 provisions first. In the letter that you wrote to members of Congress, you state that the DOD hasn't even implemented those yet. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so it's ironically enough, they had only just put forward guidance as to how to interpret these reforms, even though, as you mentioned, though it was for fiscal year 18, these reforms were put into place in 2017 in the law. So they were really dragging their feet and telling DOD officials how to interpret these restrictions. And just to clarify, the one to two year restriction under the McCain provisions, then it went from zero to one to two years. We would like to see not only a rejection of the Pentagon's proposal, but we would like to see those proposals be enhanced to have a longer cooling off period. As it is with even one or two years, you really don't have a sufficient cooling off to make sure that people aren't trying to lobby their former subordinates. So under the McCain provisions that expanded it beyond merely the official person that calls themselves a lobbyist to all the people that could support lobbying, public relations and all that kind of stuff. Precisely. You said some of the people in your letter, you said some of the people that are currently in the Pentagon proposing the rollback of all of this 
look as if they're maybe thinking about their own departures. It's people currently in the Pentagon proposing this that are political appointees? Precisely. And I think it's important to keep in mind that the current Secretary of Defense is a former Raytheon lobbyist. And when during his confirmation hearing, when he was asked whether he would make a commitment not to go back to working for the defense industry after his government service, that was not a commitment he would be willing to make. So unfortunately, this kind of proposal creates the appearance that these officials are thinking about how they can become influence peddlers down the line and trying to remove any restrictions on them being able to do that after their government service beyond what is in President Trump's executive order. We're speaking with Mandy Smithberger. She's a military affairs analyst at the Project on Government Oversight. So what would a good system look like, do you think, to let people make a living but yet not have too much undue influence among friends that are people that have just left the Pentagon? So we think a good system would have something closer to a three-year or five-year cooling off period to begin with. And I think what's also important to look at is we did a report called Brass Parachutes where we looked at what are defense contractors hiring former senior government officials to do. We looked at the top 20 contractors, identified over 600, almost 650 instances of former senior government officials and congressional staff who had been hired, 90% of them were being hired to become lobbyists. So it's clear that they're not being hired for what they know so much as who they know. And we think that by extending those cooling off periods, we, it still allows people to have a number of you know good jobs afterwards, but makes sure that they're not just using that to have undue influence over our government. And your letter went to James Inhofe, the chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee, Jack Reed, the ranking member. So you got to, and Adam Smith, the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee, and Mac Thornberry. So you sent it to the Republican and Democratic leadership of both sides. Any reaction so far? We have not received much in the way of reactions thus far officially. I know that there have been a number of members of the committee who have expressed concerns that this is a detrimental step backwards. Senator Warren and Representative Jackie Spear both have legislation that is designed to strengthen uh, revolving door laws. So I think there is some, uh, you know, significant opposition to this, but we are concerned that this could end up in the bill. And who else besides POGO has joined in on this? Because you do mention a lot of groups have gotten onto this particular issue. There are groups across the political spectrum who are opposed to the Department of Defense's proposal. That includes the Liberty Coalition, the Women's Action for a New Direction, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, Public Citizen, Open the Government, When Without War, and Vote Vets and the Quincy Institute have also signed on and said that they don't think that this is the right direction for us to make sure that we have a Pentagon that operates with integrity. Mandy Smithberger directs the Strauss Military Reform Program at the Project on Government Oversight. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. We'll post this interview together with a link to more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. 
Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.